Sometimes you start out on a study and it kind of leads you in in an unexpected path. And as I began this study, I really started out studying Jesus and the perceptions that the Pharisees had of Jesus. And and we'll read some of those verses in a few minutes. But, you know, the Pharisees, as they looked at Jesus, they perceived him uh, as a sinner. They perceived him as a liar. They perceived him as somebody that was looking for power and was a threat to the power that they had. And that perception was very wrong, and and it caused them uh, to be led astray. It caused them to never accept the Savior. It caused them to, in fact, put the Savior to death, uh, all because their perception was wrong. And so as I studied that, I thought, well, perception is a bad thing. And I began to think about how we perceive things. And, and, you know, sometimes we perceive things wrong as well. And uh, it leads us in a path away from the truth. And I wanted to contrast that with reason and how wonderful of a thing reason is and that we can reason together and come to solutions and come to right answers. But as I studied the Scriptures and what the Scriptures had to say, it became very clear that these things, both of these things, perception and reason, are very valuable tools that you and I have. And we have to exercise them correctly as tools to help us in our walk with God, to see things, to prevent us from falling into traps and snares of the devil, to reason together with one another and come to solutions and come to the, to the realization of the truth. But at the same time, they can be very dangerous if that perception skewed just a little bit. And a perception that is skewed just a little bit can in turn lead to reason that's unreasonable. And we can come to solutions that are wrong and lead us away from the truth. And so that's where the good and the bad comes in and that's how this study evolved. We're going to look at the good things about perception and reason and how to use them correctly. And we're going to look at the bad things about perception and reason and how to defend ourselves uh, against coming to those wrong conclusions based on poor perception and poor uh, ability to reason together. I want to start by looking at uh, some definitions of these two things and make sure we understand them correctly, make sure we're on the same page about what exactly these two things mean. So first is perception. And perception really just means to see or notice, discern or discover. And so you can see very quickly, those are all positive things. To be able to see something, to be able to to notice it and discern it and understand it fully and completely, to discover something. And especially here as it relates to the senses. And so it's not just seeing, but it's hearing, and it, it encompasses all of our senses and our ability to detect something and notice something and, and make a right conclusion, uh, or as it were, a wrong conclusion about it. To become aware or conscious of something, to interpret or look on someone or something in a certain way. And so I hope by looking at that definition you can start to see some of the positive aspects of perception and some of the negative aspects of perception. When our our senses are right and we see something and perceive something as being good or being evil, then we can either gravitate towards that or gravitate away from that. Our perception of a certain thing is very, very important and very critical for us to understand it correctly. And so our senses need to be tuned and need to be uh, on point in order to do that. 
Still, we look down at this bottom uh, definition to interpret or look on someone or something in a certain way. That was the problem the Pharisees had with Jesus. They looked at Jesus in a certain way and they perceived Him in a certain way and that way was wrong. And you and I can do that same thing with one another. We can do that same thing with Jesus just as they did. But I most commonly see it as we do that with one another. We see somebody doing something or acting some way and we perceive that and we, we view them negatively or we view them positively based on what we think we saw. Sometimes that's right. Sometimes that's wise. Sometimes that's wrong. We just saw it wrong. We heard it wrong. We looked at it wrong. And it becomes dangerous when we begin to perceive in that way. Reason, on the other hand, is bringing together different reasons, revolving something in one's mind. I really like that definition. Deliberate, discuss, and dispute. Reasoning usually involves more than one person, but as you can see in that middle definition, we can reason on our own. We just roll something around in our mind. You ever done that? I do that a lot. A lot of times when I'm driving, I just be rolling something around in my mind, just thinking about it. <laughs> Use the term ruminating on it sometime. Just like an old cow would ruminate on her, on her food or the hay that she ate. We sit there and we ruminate and we think about something and we just roll it over and over in our minds. That's good, isn't it? Sometimes. <laughs> if it's based on false information, if it's based on something that's wrong and we're just sitting there rolling that around in our mind, it leads us to, to think up things or conjure up things in our mind that just aren't true, that just aren't right. Our brain has a way of filling in blanks, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. When we have part of the information, then our brain just starts to fill in the blanks, and we're basing that off stuff that we have no idea whether that's true or not. But it's our brain's just filling in the blanks and trying to work through that. And so reason then can be something that's very good if it's based on accurate information. Uh, it's always good to get together when we study and study with one another and we cause one another to think about things we hadn't considered before. Reason's a very good thing. But if it's based on false information, it can be a very dangerous thing. Let's look at the example that we have in the scriptures of the, of the Pharisees uh, to begin with. It says in Luke 7 and verse number 33 and 34... Jesus here speaking to the Pharisees. He says, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And ye say he hath a devil. The Son of Man is come eating and drinking. And ye say, Behold a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. You know, Jesus is chastising the Pharisees here. And he says, Look, we can't please you guys. Here comes John the Baptist in, and he doesn't eat bread, and he doesn't drink wine. The Bible says of John that he lived off locusts and wild honey. If you're looking for something good to dress up like and scare people, you probably dress up like John the Baptist, because he was a wild man, and he looked like a wild man. And the perception that the Pharisees had of this man was, look, we are, we are educated, and here's this guy that lives out in the wilderness. He doesn't even eat bread. He doesn't drink wine. He's just out there crazy and wild. We're not going to listen to him. He's got a devil. 
That's the attitude that they had. That's the perception that they had. And as they reasoned together with one another, this is what they came up with and what they had to say. This man has a devil. Don't listen to him. Don't, don't follow after him. So then comes Jesus. And it says the Son of Man came eating bread and drinking. And you said, look at that glutton and that wine bibber. They were accusing him of sin. They were saying he's given to wine. He's a, he's a gluttonous man. Don't listen to him. He runs around with publicans and sinners all the time. That was their perception. And that's how they reasoned. And as they did that, it led them to conclusions that caused them to be set on a path that wasn't right. Jesus, as he talks about them and, and talks to them about John the Baptist, he says this uh, in, in verse 29 of Luke 7. He says, And all the people that heard him, speaking about John the Baptist, all the people that heard John, he said, And the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. They heard John, and, and those people that listened to him and really took in what he said and based it on the scriptures in the Old Testament and the prophecies of him, it said they justified God and they were baptized of John. They came to the right conclusions. But look at what it says of the Pharisees. It says, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him. So those Pharisees, because of the way they perceived John and the reasoning that they used based on their perceptions, not based on Scripture, based on their own conjectures, based on their own reasoning in their own minds, led them to reject John the Baptist. It also led them to reject Jesus. In Luke 6 and verse 7, it says the scribes and the Pharisees watched him. Speaking about watching Jesus, they watched him. Whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, why did they watch him? That they might find an occasion against him. Their perception of him being a friend of sinners, their perception of him as being somebody that was a threat to their power, led them to only watch him for the purpose of catching him in some sin and, and having some reason or some, something against him, something to hold against Jesus. And they rejected the Messiah because of that, because they had a, a wrong perception. In their mind. So let's talk about per, uh, perception and reason in terms of can it be useful? When are these two things useful in our lives? Number one, they're useful when we have our senses exercised. We said about perception, it's based on the senses, it's based on our ability to see something, to see it correctly, to see it for what it is. It's based on our ability to hear something, to hear it correctly, and to make a determination about that. And so perception becomes very valuable to us when we're seeing correctly and when we're hearing correctly. In Hebrews 5 and verse 14, it says, Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That word discern is very similar to perceive, to discern it, to understand good and evil, to be able to pick it out and see it and recognize it. When we have our senses exercised, and, th and that just means based on the Word of God, that, that, that they're in tune. That it's not our own uh, ideas of perceiving. It's not our own mind rolling that around. It's all based on Scripture. It's all based on the Word of God. And it's our, our uh, ground. 
It's our root. It's where we make all of our decisions from. And when that's on track and our senses are tuned to the Word of God, then we're going to make good judgments. And we're going to discern and we're going to perceive correctly. And we're going to be in good shape when that's the case. In Luke 8 and 18 it says this, Take heed therefore how ye hear. We've got to be careful how we hear things. You know, so many times we hear something and we become offended based on what we hear. And that's just a perception uh, of what we think we're hearing. If we have good perception and good judgment, we're going to become offended a whole lot less because our senses are going to be tuned. And we're going to have good perception and good reasoning uh, in those instances. <clears throat> Second thing, when, when perception and reason are very useful, is when they're mingled with wisdom and truth. When we're able to, to base everything, as I said, on the Word, and we have good wisdom uh, of the Word of God, uh, then our perception becomes much more useful to us. In Galatians 2 and verse number 9, it says, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision. So here's some folks, James and Cephas or Peter and John. And Paul says that they extended to him and to Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. You know, when Paul was converted, it would have been easy for these leaders, James and Peter and John, to say, no way. This guy's, this guy's not, not going to follow after Christ. This guy's not going to be uh, of help to us. He's, he's been a detriment to the church. But yet they saw, it says, uh, the usefulness that, that Paul could provide and they were willing to extend to him the right hand of fellowship. And they made the decision. We're going to go uh, this way. And, and you're going to, we're going to go unto the Jews. And we're going to preach to the Jews. And you're going to go to the Gentiles. And you're going to share the word and the gospel with them. And their perception. It says they perceived the grace that was given unto me. Because it was based on wisdom and truth. Now. We'll get into the, to the other side of this coin later, but I just want you to think about if their perception would have only been based on their personal feelings and not based on God's word and God's will, how would they have treated Paul? They probably wouldn't have trusted him. They probably wouldn't have sent him anywhere. They probably would have tried to keep uh, their uh, sights on him and keep him very uh, busy with trivial tasks rather than sending him off and letting him preach the word as he did. But their perception was based on wisdom and it was based on truth. Now let's think about Paul and his ability to reason. In Acts 17 and 2 it says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. So he was discussing, he was disputing, he was uh, justifying the Word of God. He was reasoning with them out of the Scriptures. And when we have wisdom and we have the truth, then reasoning becomes a very, very important tool for us to use in sharing the gospel. And Paul was able to do that. Can you imagine walking in to a Jewish synagogue on a Sabbath day and standing up and reasoning with them out of the Scriptures? It'd be like us going to, to some other uh, major religion, a Muslim mosque, and walking in there 
and standing up and reasoning with them uh, out of the scriptures and being able to convince and convict. That's the power of reasoning when we have the truth and we have wisdom on our side. These things are useful when they're coupled with an honest heart. When we receive the word, and I guess that's where I'm coming from with this particular point. When, when we're on the receiving end of the word, uh, we can either perceive the word falsely or we can perceive it in a, in a true fashion. And if our heart is honest and we're honest with ourselves when we hear the word, it will trigger a response. If our perception is good, if our senses are exercised and our, uh, it's mingled with wisdom and truth, it can produce a response. We see that in, in Acts 2 and 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They heard the word. They perceived the word. They saw it. They heard it. Their senses were, were touched. And as they thought about that and reasoned about that, they came to the conclusion that they needed to do something. That something needed to change in their life. And they acted on that as we see in the rest of that story. So when it falls on a good and an honest heart, it's very useful. We see on the other hand in Acts 24 and 25, as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season I will call for thee. You know, when it doesn't fall on a good and honest heart, it's not very useful. It, all the trembling in the world didn't do Felix any good. He didn't act on it like those folks in, uh, that heard the first gospel sermon in Acts 2. So when we perceive the truth and we reason about it, we've got to act on that truth as well. So let's turn the page and think about when these things are dangerous. We can see the usefulness of these tools in our life. But we already talked about how the Pharisees had poor perception and poor reasoning ability. And when, when are these things dangerous? When, uh, when are they detrimental to us? And the first thing I'll say is, is they're detrimental when, when we're basing th something, we're basing our perception and our reasoning on only half the story. That happens a lot in our, in our lives with, with each other in the church, uh, with people outside of the church. Uh, we interact with one another, but we don't know everything. We're, we don't know the whole story certain times. And again, our mind starts to fill in the blanks. As we're reasoning, as we're, we're revolving this in our mind, our mind starts to fill in the blanks. And a lot of times it fills in the blanks with the worst case scenario. What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? And then we start to get bitter against one another based on something we don't even have the full story or know, know totally about. Think about Eve in this instance. Eve made a decision based on half the story, didn't she? In Genesis 3 and verse number 5, uh, Eve and Adam and Eve had been given the commands of what to do and what they could eat, what they couldn't eat. Uh, the serpent comes along and, and asks Eve about this and starts to... to uh, Tell her some half-truths or give her, give her half the story. And this is the half that he gives us or gives her in Genesis 3 and 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes will be open. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so the serpent tells Eve this. Your eyes can be open. You're going to know good and evil. You won't surely die. But that's not what God told her. And she makes a decision. And we've all paid 
for that decision, haven't we? We've all, sins come upon all of us. All have sinned because of the decision that Eve made right there based on half the story. She didn't have the full story. You've probably seen this little uh, illustration, uh, but I think it tells, tells that uh, story very well. Uh, you know, the person has the rock there on his back. He can't see the snake that's biting, uh, biting the woman. She can't see the rock that's on his back. She's wondering, why didn't he just pull me up and, and get me out of here? And he's wondering, why didn't she crawl on up here? What's the deal? I've got a hold of her. Neither one of them can see what's going on in the other one's life. They both got half the story, but not the full story. And so their perception is, uh, the man thinks a woman doesn't want to be saved because she's not, she's not putting forth any effort. She's not trying to crawl up there and be saved. The woman thinks the man just doesn't want to save her because he won't pull her on up to safety. But they've both got other issues going on. They don't, they don't have the full story, but the mind starts filling the blanks. And we make decisions and we perceive people in certain ways and we think, well, they're just not putting forth the effort that they should. Or, well, uh, they, they really don't want to be right with God. And, and we don't know. We just don't know the whole story. We don't know what's going on in their life and what they're having to fight and the battles that they're struggling with. And so perception becomes dangerous. Perception can cause us to say things we shouldn't say. It can cause us to hear things in a way we shouldn't hear them. They're dangerous when we're not knowledgeable. It's up to us to know the scriptures. It's up to us to understand what's, what God wants and what God doesn't want. And when we don't take the time to dig in and know that, then we're going to perceive things in an incorrect fashion. And we're going to reason. Uh, when we reason together, we're going, to, we're going to come to conclusions that aren't true when we're not knowledgeable. In Mark chapter 8 and verse number 14, uh, the Bible says, Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye? Because ye have no bread. Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not? And do you not remember? You know, Jesus was telling them, you've got to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. He's talking about their actions and that when you're around them, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump and they're going to influence you if you're around them and dealing with them all the time and you're, you're following after them. But his disciples thought it's because they didn't have any bread in the ship. And he said, you can't see. Your perception's no good. Your reasoning is no good. Because you don't understand the things that I'm saying unto you. You don't understand the words of Jesus. <clears throat> I thought I had one more verse there. But there's a, another verse that where the Bible talks about Jesus talking to those Pharisees. And he said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. When we don't know the scriptures, we're going to err. Our perception is no good. Our, uh, our, our reasoning is flawed. When we don't know the scriptures. And there's just no way to do that without studying. I know we talk about study nearly every lesson. But it's very, very important. We've got to keep, keep studying. 
It's dangerous when we have preconceived ideas. We can go into a study, as I I told you, I kind of went into this study with a preconceived idea about where I thought it would go, where I thought it would take me. And it took me in in a little bit different direction. But we can study anything with a preconceived idea. We can study salvation with a preconceived idea. We can study doctrinal issues with preconceived ideas. And when we do that, our perception will be flawed. We'll be looking through lenses that aren't totally and completely clear. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 9, he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. And in Mark 4 and 12, it says that seeing ye may see and not perceive, and hearing ye may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. You know, the Pharisees had went into this with a very preconceived idea. They had reasoned in their mind and thought up what they thought Christ would look like. What they thought Christ would be like. And how they thought He would set up an earthly kingdom. And how He would be an earthly ruler. And how He would restore the kingdom uh, to Jerusalem and the kingdom to Israel. And that's... That's the conceived idea that they came up with. And so when the Christ comes, and He comes not as somebody trying to establish an earthly kingdom, not as somebody trying to get power in an earthly sense, but as Pop talked about this morning, somebody that's setting up a spiritual kingdom, they missed it. They didn't see. He said that hearing ye hear not, and seeing ye see not. They, they couldn't see. That he was right there in front of them the whole time. And anytime we approach something with a preconceived idea, no matter what it is, then we run the risk. When you open up the scriptures, do your best not to have those biases. Let the scriptures take you where they take you. Let the scriptures speak to you. Let Jesus speak to you through his word. Because that's the truth. That's the truth. And if we go in with a preconceived idea that I'm going to make the scriptures fit this idea that I have, then we're going to reason poorly and we're going to perceive poorly. So as we wrap things up, what's the solution? Well, the solution, number one, is to know the Word. We've got to know the Word of God in order to have good reasoning, in order to have good perceptions. There's that verse I was thinking about. Mark 12 and verse 24, Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God. If we don't know the Word, if we don't know the Scriptures, then we're going to be in error. We can't find the way without those words. They're the words of life. They'll lead us in the right direction. We've got to know them. If we don't, our perception will always be flawed. We've got to know the full story. We've got to make every effort. If we're going to perceive something or make a reasoning about something, or make a decision about something, we've got to know the full story. If that we're talking about the Word of God, that means getting in there and figuring out the full story of what the Bible has to say about something. What does it say about it from all different angles? What was the context in, with which it was taken? Who was he talking to? What were they talking about? We've got to pull all those things in. That builds the full story so that we can perceive it and reason it correctly. If we're talking about something dealing with our fellow man, then it means having a conversation. Learning about, not letting our brain fill in all those missing pieces, 
But letting them fill in all those missing pieces. Talking with them about whatever that is that's troubling us. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 4 it says he's proud knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings. You know, evil surmisings is just, you know, dreaming up the worst case scenario. Thinking the worst of somebody instead of thinking the best of somebody. If we don't know the full story, that's what happens. We dream up the worst. Uh, we're very, very, very rarely do we assume the best. We assume the worst, and we've got to avoid that. We need to show grace and mercy uh, to all. And that, that is, that's especially when we're talking about how we perceive others, how we perceive our fellow man. You know, when we perceive something, we need to show them grace, knowing that we, don't, we might not have the full story. So we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. In Luke 6 and verse 36 and 37, it says, Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. And finally, we need to communicate. Communication is really the, the solution to a lot of these things as far as perception and reason. Because when we're communicating, we're reasoning together. And two brains are better than one, and three brains are better than two, and so on and so forth. We can reason together. We can come to good and right solutions. We can deliberate. We can challenge one another's thinking. And we know then we're coming up with the right answer. And sometimes you'll think of something I didn't think of, and maybe I'll think of something you didn't think of, and we can come to a determination, a conclusion that's true. And when we're doing that, then our perception will come uh, come into sight as well, come into focus. And then on the flip side of that, when we perceive something about someone, I mean, so we got to have a conversation with them. Not, we avoid one another like the plague when we, when we have this perception. And we need to just go talk to each other about it. We need to, to communicate with one another because then the blanks get filled in with the correct information and uh, we can be unified together again. First Timothy chapter six and verse eighteen that they uh, this is Paul uh, charging Timothy to to teach those that that are rich. He says that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. We've always got to be willing to communicate. Uh, this uh, word communicate here really emphasizes fellowship, coming together. Uh, fellowshipping with one another, uh, that's very important. And then in this instance, in this next verse, um, and I've got the verse down wrong there, I need to correct that. Sorry about that. I'm trying to think of where that is. That's going to be Galatians 2 and verse 2, if you're keeping notes there. Galatians 2 and verse 2 uh, Paul said, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Paul had a, a dispute with these folks. And it says instead of, instead of him disperceiving that they're never going to receive the truth, that they're never going to come around to the right way of thinking, he said, I went up and communicated with them. I had a conversation with them. We talked about it. 
And he said, I didn't embarrass them in public. I pulled them aside privately. And we had a conversation about it. We communicated. We talked. And that was important. And that's what we've got to do with one another. We've got to be ready to communicate and do it quickly so that our perceptions don't run wild in our mind. As we close, I want us to think about our reasoning of salvation. And as you reason uh, about salvation and think about salvation, how you perceive that, you know, some folks look at, look at uh, the Bible plan of salvation and they perceive it to be too complicated or they perceive it to be too, uh, you know, too many steps in there and, and too much to have to do. Uh, the Bible tells us that we need to hear the word, that we believe it, that we repent of our past sins, that we confess uh, publicly that he is the Christ and that we're buried with him in baptism. That's the plan of salvation that the scriptures lay out. Now, if you go into it with a preconceived idea that I only have to do this or only have to do that, then you may not receive the word in its totality. And you may not receive... Uh, the whole truth and come to a knowledge of, of salvation by doing that. As you wrestle that around and, and roll that around in your mind, you may think, why do I have to do this or why do I have to do that? But in Isaiah 1 and 18, uh, prophecy here says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And so my, as we close, I, I beg you to reason with the Lord. Let the Lord be your basis of reasoning. And look at what the scriptures say. And look at how the scriptures simply walk us through the steps whereby we can have our sins washed away. Whereby we can be saved. We can walk out of here with our our sins gone. Though they be red like crimson, they should be as wool. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.